Good evening. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the time of prayer that we had preceding the message this evening. We covered all the bases. Bless your word this evening as it goes forth. Teach us things. Show us things. Press us with the truth once again. You are so faithful to do so. Reveal to us the new depths of truth and mercy and grace. Well, that motivates us more than anything else that we could hear, know, or understand. Give us gnosis, epinosis, and oida, knowledge of the Son of God, of Jesus Christ. Father, we desire to know Him, to see Him this evening, to fellowship with Him, to be occupied with Him, which is the best life possible. There's nothing else like it. Days of heaven on earth in fellowship with our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who is God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and our Savior, our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray, amen. Doing God's good, that's from Ephesians 2.10. We're probably just going to treat Ephesians 2.10 this evening quickly. And probably a short, little shorter message than usual. But as you recall, on Sunday, we talked about the ban, and Terry reminded me of a fellow named Achan. Now, Achan, you can find him in Joshua chapter 7. He was one in Israel who ignored the ban, and he was just made an example of because there were many who had greedy hearts. And the Lord said, don't take any of the spoils. If you go into, they went into Ai. And, of course, Achan didn't listen, and he took a Babylonish garment, 200 shekels of silver, and a gold bar weighing 50 shekels, and buried it under his tent, thinking that no one would see. Well, it so happens that Israel was routed. They did not have victory in the battle. Many died. And so they inquired as to why, and the Lord showed them that there were those who ignored the ban. And so he came, he admitted that he did. Achan admitted that he did, and they stoned him. And after he was dead, they didn't burn him alive. They stoned him, and then they burned him, along with the banned items that he hid in his tent. Then it's interesting because afterwards, the Lord told Joshua to go again with his soldiers to Ai, which... He would deliver into Israel's hand, but this time, he said, take and keep the spoils. He didn't say you can't have them this time. He said, now you can keep them. And so, by things like these, the Lord tries the motives of people's hearts. The things of this world are not evil in and of themselves, but the motives of the heart can be evil with greed or avarice, as was the case with many in Israel, which is one of the deadly sins, seven deadly sins, as is seen in Achan's case. So we're to seek the Lord, follow His instruction, doing the things that He's mapped out for us in the exact way that He specifies. You're not, you can't innovate. You have to follow precisely what the Lord tells you to do. So turn to Ephesians 2.10. That's our passage. Tuesday, June 8th, 2021, Ephesians 2.10. This is a fantastic verse. It's preceded by 
Ephesians 2.9, this is 2.10, 2.8-9, it says, For by grace you you have been, are being, and shall be saved through faith, and that salvation is not of you, not from you, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then he says, for gar, which is a subordinate conjunction. I know you love the Greek, all of you. Subordinate conjunction, explanatory, can be, should be translated, for you see. For you see, we are his. Poema. What's a poema? Where do we get, what word do we get for poema? A poem. Or his poem. could be translated poem, masterpiece, or workmanship. Poieo is to make or to do. So it's something made by God. So his workmanship, his masterpiece, or his poema in the uh, cognizant English word, poem. His poem, his workmanship, or his masterpiece. Then he says, having been, it's a participle, aorist passive participle, past tense, verb ending in ing, katizo, to create, having been created. For you see, we are his poem, his workmanship, and his masterpiece. Who, me, you? That's what he says. Must be so. Can we see it? Not fully, but we know it's true because he said it. So, indeed, he's making us into his poem, his workmanship, and his masterpiece. He's working on us. We're not working for him. He's working on us. He's got us on a workbench. He's filing, chiseling, sanding, making, and molding us into the image of Christ into the express image of his son inwardly and then manifesting outwardly as that occurs in a real way and in a supernatural way. We are his workmanship having been created, that is at the new birth, in Christ Jesus. In Christ, in union with him, that means. Made in his image and likeness as man was created to be in fellowship and friendship with God, united to and fully identified with his loving creator who became his redeemer and savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's in Christ Jesus. Then he says, epi, into, unto, or upon. Then he says, good works. Here, good is the word agathos. Agathos is divine good. Pure and perfect, good. Pure and perfect in every way. Everything good, agathos, and perfect, teleos, comes down from the Father of lights in James 1.17. So agathos is divine good, pure and perfect in every way. Jesus said, there is none agathos, good, but God. There's none good but one. That is God in Matthew nineteen seventeen, Galatians five twenty two says, "But the fruit of the Holy Spirit is agathos, agathosune, which is goodness. That's God's goodness. So, in other words, it doesn't come from you; it comes from God. 
produced by God. As all of the fruit, the ninefold fruit of the Holy Spirit certainly is, the very virtue and character of Jesus Christ, produced by the Spirit, taking the Word and manifesting the person, personality of Jesus Christ in each individual. So, next he says, that's good, that's the word good, and he says, unto good works, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Only God is good, and only His works are truly good. Therefore, if anything you do is good, then God did it through you. It is true that we are to be zealous for good works, but we must remember that agathos, good, is God's doing and is made up of faith, hope, and love, all produced by the Word. In 1 Thessalonians 1.3, Paul says, I never forget your labor of love, your work of faith, and the steady production of hope that you manifest continuously by the Lord. The Lord does it. The apprehension of the Word is faith, supernaturally, and faith comes by hearing the Word. The assimilation of the Word is hope, and hope is certainty and anticipation of what is true, that which you don't see or have yet. And the application of the Word is love, love in its many directions toward people, toward God, toward the Lord Jesus Christ, occupation, love for the Lord Jesus Christ, love for His Word, and all of those things summed up in the person of Christ. So, next he says, that is, unto or upon good works. Then he says, which works which God Made ready in advance. Now, you've got to hear these words because they're important. It's proetoimazo. P-R-O-E-T-O-I-M-A-Z-O, transliterated from the Greek into English. Proetoimazo, which means to make ready in advance or to prepare in advance. Preparation. Nothing God does is arbitrary or capricious. Rather, all that he does is weighed and measured and shaped to fit the situation perfectly. You have to remember that God dwells in eternity, and Jesus is the Alpha and Omega as God and man, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. All that is done in time is fully known, perfectly planned, impeccably timed, and precisely executed by God. Nothing falls through the cracks. All of it in every detail with mathematical precision and perfection. When we finally realize this, we will not be dismayed when circumstances seem to be unfavorable. It's all under God's control. He has a perfect plan for each of us. I always say a perfect plan for imperfect man and I resemble those remarks, as do you. 
So we know this from Romans 8.28. It says, God causes all things to work together for good. Agathos. To those who love him, they are the ones who will see it. Those who love him, the rest will not. Even though it's true for them also, they don't see it. They won't see it. That is, to those who are called according to his prothesis. That is, his purpose which is set in advance. Next, he says, Hina, which introduces the purpose clause, in order that we should walk. Here's peripateo, one of our famous words. John, remember this one, peripateo. Do you got that one in your thing? Okay, he's going to put word association with it. I'm going to tell him how you remember things. It's very strange how he does it, how his mind works. But it works. Word association, remember words, Greek words. Peripateo. Peri means around, and pateo means to step or walk. So to walk around means to walk around. Peripateo. Remember that word. Peripateo, 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 peripateo. There we go. Who? Peripateo. You know Perry. Peripateo. Good friend of mine. In order that we should peripateo walk around in them. What? In what? In those works that he made ready. In advance, there are many things we do in life. Most of them, things we choose and do on a regular basis, everyday things that need to be done in order to have an orderly or organized life, some more than others. Like cooking meals, making the bed. You don't need to do those things, but you, but you do, and, and it helps you have an organized life. Washing the dishes, cutting the grass, cleaning, vacuuming the house once in a while. Washing clothes, etc. Then there are other things that are routine spiritual activities, even more important, necessary to keep us moving forward, making steady progress, like listening to the Word, learning the Word, leaning on it, living it, and loving God's Word. The daily presentation of our bodies is a living sacrifice, being filled at all times with the Holy Spirit, walking in reliance upon Him, moment by moment, step by step, in order that we would not fulfill the lust or desire of the flesh, in Galatians 5.16, averting corruption and ensuring the peaceable fruit of righteousness, living out the blessedness that God desires for us. He's given to us and desires for us. Continuous prayer giving thanks for all things, attending church, all of which ensures that our spiritual house is in order. As it is in everyday life, so it is with our spiritual life, an organized and prioritized life is a happy life. Some people don't get that, but it's absolutely true. They wonder why their life is complete confusion and has no rhyme or reason. Well, it's because there's no organization, no priority. Here in our verse... We parry around, pateo, walk. We walk around. In Psalm 1-1, this is what you don't do. This is how you don't walk. He says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. He doesn't take advice from wicked people or from the world, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of 
of scoffers. This is where you do not sit, you do not walk, and you do not stand. Now let's take a walk through a few more verses. I selected for your listening pleasure. Psalm 8611. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Then he says, unite, which means integrate all the parts of my heart to fear your name. It's a great way to live. There you prioritize the Word of God in your thinking and in your schedule. Psalm 143.8. Let me hear your loving kindness, your kesed, your grace and mercy in the morning. His mercy is renewed every morning. Great is His faithfulness unto us. Let me hear your loving kindness in the morning, for I trust in you. Teach me the way in which I should walk. For to you I lift up my life or my soul. Proverbs 6.20. I like this one. My son, observe the commandment of your father and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. That's God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Father and mother. The Holy Spirit's a mother figure who tenderly cares for us. Bind them continually on your heart. That means commit them to memory. Tie them around your neck. Cause them to incline your heart and your will. When you walk around, they will guide you. Supernaturally, mysteriously, mystically. When you sleep, they will watch over you. And when you wake... They will talk to you. Wow. I love it. Isn't that great? Romans 6, 4. Therefore, we've been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so too, so we too might walk in newness of life. Not the oldness of the letter, but newness of the Spirit, the newness of life in Christ Jesus. New creatures created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Romans 8, 4, so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, not anymore, but according to the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. Galatians 5, 16, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Ephesians 4.1, therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. What's the word for walk? Thank you. <laughs> you passed the test. With which you have been called. Walk in a manner worthy of your calling, of the calling with which you have been called. Ephesians 5.2, walk in love as dear children. Ephesians 5, 8, walk as children of light. There's your marching orders, your walking orders. Ephesians 5, 15, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. Then he says, stop being stupid. Ah, okay. Philippians 3, 18, this is a good one. For many walk of whom I've often told you. And now tell you even weeping, they're enemies of the cross of Christ. Colossians 1.10, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, 
to honor him in all that you do. Every step of the way, every step you take. Well, 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 2, 6, the one who says he abides in him, in Christ, ought himself to walk around in the same manner as he walked. That is, by every, living by every word of God, being filled with the Spirit continually, as Jesus did. The life that he lived in the, the life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I walk around in him. I don't just allege that I abide in him. I walk around as he did in the days of his humanity. Crucified, dead, buried, raised, descended, and seated. Walking around on earth as a citizen of heaven. Philippians 3, 20 and 21. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we're looking for our Savior from there who will change these bodies of humiliation into the likeness of his glorified body. We're waiting for that change to come. It can happen at any moment. It's called the blessed hope of the church. Remember who you are. Moreover, whose you are as you walk around and you will neither stumble nor fall, as Peter tells us in Second Peter chapter 1. Dishonor the Lord or be disgraced in the end. But be presented holy and blameless before him in love. Indeed, the Lord requires our attention and cooperation. These ways, these works prepared in advance are God's means of getting and keeping us interested, engaged, and making progress every day, daily progress. Only those who get the Word each day are interested. And that interest comes from getting the Word. But only those who get the Word each day are interested these become aware of God's wise counsel and use it facing the inevitable difficulties in life. Only those who get the word each day are occupied with the Lord Jesus. You can't be any other way. Taught and guided by the Holy Spirit. Only those who get the word each day are well adjusted to ultimate truth. Only those who get the word each day are grateful for everything and content in every situation. So shouldn't you get the word every day? Don't you want these things to be true about you? I think you do. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. And people have been telling you that for years. Something wrong with you. And there might be something wrong with them. Only those who get the word each day are as happy as they can possibly be this side of eternity. And I know you want that. Everybody wants to be happy, but nobody wants to get the Word every day for some unknown reason. Everything that occurs in your life is not only known by God, but appointed by Him. All these things prepared in advance for you to walk in as part of His plan to transform you inwardly into the image of Christ and then manifest outwardly the unmistakable character and virtue of the Lord Jesus. He is making you into his poema. Contrary to what most think and teach, 
we as believers are not working for God. Rather, God is working on us, as I said many times, chiseling, sanding, molding, and making us into the likeness of His Son. That's His plan for every one of us. Making our lives poetic, that is, full of rhyme and reason. Beautiful images and and expressions of Jesus Christ, of the Lord Jesus. As we think His thoughts, speak His words, effortlessly enter into His deeds. All of them, as He would, all prepared in advance in order that you and I might function and fulfill the will of God effortlessly as we walk right into them, peripateo. Proyatomazo, translated prepared in advance, is literally to make ready a road. That's how it's used in the ancient Greek. To make ready a way, an event, having thought of and planned for everything. And so that's what God's done for us, to accomplish the work and will of God without trying, without striving, without straining. You and I, you as an individual, are his favorite project, the poem he's writing about Jesus. You say, aren't others too? Yeah, but you are, especially you. In particular, you are. Each one is. That is his favorite, God's favorite. You're one of God's favorites. You're God's favorite as far as his plan for your life is concerned. And the poem that he's writing about Jesus, using you to manifest Christ, to reach out and touch someone like nobody else can. Since indeed you are a limb in his mystical body, a piece, a part, a member of the body of Jesus Christ. It surely helps if we cooperate, but even if we resist him, he can still make it happen. Some of us know what I'm talking about. He knows how to persuade even the most stubborn among us. Like the two sons who the father asked to go work in the field, the one said no, but ended up going after all. And the one that said yes never went, Matthew 21, 28 to 31. God knows how to change our mind, change our hearts. Those who learn to let or allow him to will and work, Philippians 2, 13, according to his good pleasure, his good purpose and pleasure, will shine forth as the most brilliant examples of God's poetry, mastery, and artistry for all eternity. Many there are who would boast in their accomplishments that they claim are due to their hard work or superiority of intelligence or effort, which is never the case, whether they think that's true or not. And no matter how many facts they give you or document, document their activities. The Lord is the one who grants progress, success, scientific discovery, medical advances, surgical procedures, new surgical procedures, treatments and cures for diseases that used to be fatal, various cancers that are now very curable that didn't used to be, used to kill you. If you got the word that you had this particular kind of cancer, you were going to die. Not anymore. Many kinds that are curable. In the end, God did it. In the end, it will be seen that the Lord did it, 
And the people that claimed the fame were simply used to bring forth something that would ease suffering and help many people. And God did that graciously, mercifully. Where believers are concerned, by our verse and many others, our progress and success comes from the Lord. You know Psalm 75, 6. He says, promotion comes neither from the east. Where's the east? Let's see. Oh, the east, east, or from the west, or from the south, south, but from the north, from the Lord. Promotion comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but from the Lord. Psalm 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We're not self-made. He made us. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which he prepared in advance for us to walk in them, peripato. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Dumb sheep. Sheep are dumb. They're cuddly, but they're dumb. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We should always be thankful in everything, for everything. That's how you pray without ceasing, because you're thankful for everything. So you're always saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You never stop saying thank you. You're thankful for everything. First Thessalonians 5.18. And by so doing, you do not quench the Holy Spirit of God, or grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you're sealed to the day of redemption. Ephesians 4.30. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 and 19. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his presence, the presence of his courts, with praise. He inhabits the praise of his people. Be thankful unto him, not crumbling and complaining, and bless his holy name. For the Lord is Agathos. This is Hebrew. So it's not Agathos, but he's good. The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever and his truth to all generations. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his poema, his poem, his workmanship, his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus, in union with Christ. I fully identified with him unto Agathos, God's good works, which he himself prepared in advance so that we would walk in them. Does that give you a sense of rest and comfort in doing or accomplishing or executing the will, the plan, purpose, and will of God? should, because that's how gracious it is. It's effortless activity, effortless activity. You just walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You just walk in the Lord, walk in the light, as He is in the light. And the blood of Jesus, God's Son, cleanses us continually from all unrighteousness and all wrongdoing. And so we have a life of righteousness. The gift of righteousness becomes a life of righteousness, and the word of righteousness, the tree of righteousness, and the crown of righteousness which he gives to those who love his appearing. So where's the workmanship created 
in Christ Jesus, a new creation. All that is old has passed away. All that is new has come to stay, 2 Corinthians 5.17, which God prepared in advance so that we could peripateo, walk around in them. So, he says, for we are his poem, workmanship, masterpiece, having been created in Christ Jesus, an act of creation. Not your birth, not your birth into human history or into your family or into the world, but into Christ in the new birth, regeneration, polygenesia. The washing of regeneration or renewal by the Holy Spirit. You must be born again, Nicodemus. How can a man be born again? Should he enter into his mother's womb a second time and be born? He says, you mean to tell me that you're a teacher of Israel and you don't know how that works, what that's about, what that means? He needed to know. And he did know by the time he left. He became a wonderful believer in Christ. And the same thing happened for each of us. He's a good example of that especially for those of the religious bent. They're a little harder to convince. So, he says, having been created in Christ Jesus, in union with him, into, unto, or upon, good works, agathos, divine good. Only the kind God can produce that is pure and perfect in every way. And then he says, the good works, only God is good, only his works are truly good, and therefore that goodness is manifest in spite of you, through you, but in spite of you, as, as it is, because it's God's good. And we don't have that kind of virtue in ourselves, of ourselves, by ourselves, and God does it. Then he says, which God made ready in advance... And God has all these things already programmed into his plan in order that we should walk, walk around in them, which is the word what? Thank you very much. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. We learn how to walk around in the good works which you prepared in advance. That you're going to make us a poema, a masterpiece, a literally a portrait in some way, some some way, some shape, some form, some measure of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing glorifies you more than the image of the Son in one, who's also a Son, Son of God by faith, through faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you for these wonderful truths. May we be forever thankful, forever grateful and devoted to the truth of your word with a prioritized and organized life, a happy life, the things that you've prescribed for a life of real and lasting and enduring happiness and blessedness that comes by giving heed, hearing and heeding your precious word. Give us hearts to hear, listen, and obey your word so we might benefit, take advantage of the great blessedness and benefits that your word provides and produces in us. And we would walk in the spirit 
and that we would have the spiritual virtues of Jesus Christ replicated in us, produced by the Spirit, by the Word of God, and that we too would be living epistles, even as Jesus Christ was the Word made flesh. We would be likewise the Word made flesh, living epistles, known and read of all men. And when people encounter us, that they would encounter Jesus in some way, mystically, spiritually, and but really see him. And there is no substitute for that. That's the testimony. The testimony is I saw Jesus in this one or that one. Not you representing him, but him manifesting himself through you, through you and me. That's what he's after. And that comes by the word. That is in us, filling us up, being filled with the Spirit, filled with the Word, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with Holy Scripture, that we might be your holy ones, holy even as you are holy, by the Holy Spirit and Holy Scriptures. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. We just thank you and praise you and love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Also bless the offering in Jesus' name.